Good morning, everyone. We are receiving an update from the Juno Community Foundation this morning. Amy Skillbred is here to provide that update. Good morning, Amy. Morning, Kevin. Uh, beautiful day today. <laughs> Typical Juno. Breezy out there, right? Exactly. Oh uh, well. But I saw last week was Philanthropy Day as well as Community Foundation Week. How did the foundation? How did Juno Community Foundation mark the day? Yeah, well, Community Foundation Week is a way to let people know about what community foundations do. And I think a, a really good example for us and for community foundations generally is that we're pretty nimble, can be innovative, responsive, and we develop partnerships to get things done. And so this past month, we've been working with partners to identify some of the safety net gaps in Juno and focus. Uh, primarily on food, and food for Juno kids rose to the top of many's concerns pretty quickly. And as you know, you know, the students are facing a pretty long winter vacation, and for some it's a really great time, no school, playing with friends, skiing, snowboarding, you know, family and presence. But for others, it also means 19 days of no school, and that means increased hunger. So we began to do something about it and started a matching fund with a donation from the Benito and Francis C. Gein Foundation. And people are now donating money and time to assist with preparing and distributing, I think it's going to be a, in the end about 500 vacation food boxes. And to augment, you know, basically they'll augment food for kids for the long winter vacation. And primarily these are going to go to kids that are currently getting um, food bags on the weekend from their schools. And, you know, it's made possible because we're doing what a thousand or so other community foundations across the country do. We're pooling donations and we're working with partners like the school districts to district to get the boxes made and out the door and individuals and school activity groups volunteering to help get it done and the Coast Guard assisting with uh, distributing the, the food boxes. So it, it's really a story that demonstrates the importance of community foundations. And um, we're proud to be one of about a thousand other community foundations across the country uh, that work by bringing donations and donors and residents together to get things done for our community now and on into the future through endowments. So. So utilizing that philanthropy to fill that gap? Exactly. You know, being able to have uh, folks we can reach out to to provide a large um, matching grant. And then we've been, I think we sent out about 2,000 letters to folks um, requesting support to meet that match and be able to provide food boxes on the vacation for the three vacations as well as um, support the summer food programs, the weekend food backpacks. And, you know, the school district also, uh, they have been providing a universal breakfast program and lunch during the pandemic. But now that there's no longer those funds, we're working with them to see, you know, if we can help maintain at least part of that so that all kids can have breakfast at school and kids who have reduced fee lunches could get those for free and try and see what we can do to help um, make sure that kids in Juneau are fed and have enough, have enough food. And is it's it, important for so many reasons. So. <laughs> yes. And is, is 
can folks still contribute to this fund if they are interested? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, be great. They can go to our website, which is junocf for Community Foundation, so junocf.org, and they'll see a button right at the top there that says um, help help feed Juno kids, I think. And um, just click on that and make a donation through the website, and that will um, go directly to make, making that match. And it's a pretty big match. It's 75000 so we're, we're trying to raise a fair amount of money pretty quickly here to see if we can help all these different programs. And really, we'll be working with the organizations and the people who run those programs to see where they think um, funding is most important um, and bringing people together to sort of identify the critical gaps and how we can help with funds. Bringing that back to that philanthropy, yeah. And I had wanted to touch on this as well, in, in case folks had missed it. I saw you had awarded uh, Philanthropists of the Year uh, back in September. You want to relay that for a moment? We did. Um, every year we have an annual event where we um, uh, have celebrate the Philanthropists of the Year. And this year it was Eric Olson and Vicki Bassett. And, um, you know, they've contributed, I call them our stealth contributors in our town because we have people like them in town who contribute and contribute generously of time, money, and expertise um, and are, are really in the background. They're not, um, they're not up front and out there about what they're doing and how they're giving. And it's really... Um, we did it as a Zoom presentation, and one of the great things about continuing Zoom even in these days is it uh, allows people from all over the country, and last year, you know, it was all over the world to come and participate in the event. Um, it's also really nice to get together in person, so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I, I had saw one of the funds they had particular interest in was the sustainability fund. And it looks like it's one of the foundation's bigger funds. So could you share some info about that fund? Sure. The Juno Sustainability Endowment is um, was specifically started to be an endowment to support the operations of the Community Foundation and enable us to do what we do um, and as that grows, it reduces our need to attract funds for our own operating funds mm. and allows us to you know, do what we do with things like the upcoming Giving Tuesday, where we tell everyone out there to give to the nonprofit that you're passionate about. You know, it doesn't have to be us. Just um, in, encourage people to give generously to all the nonprofits in Juno. So. Giving Tuesday is it. Is that coming up? Yeah, Giving Tuesday is um, it comes up a week from tomorrow, and it's a nationwide effort to raise funds for nonprofit organizations. And I think there's several organizations in Juno that participate in that, and they send out um, notices to people. But it's also Giving Tuesday became the day to give to nonprofits after. The Thanksgiving Day, and then the Black Friday, and then the, what is it, uh, 
email Monday or whatever it was called. <laughs> and then Giving Tuesday was for nonprofits. No. Thank you for that reminder. We'll keep an eye on that. Now, coming back to funds that are helping kids, I wanted to check in with you about the Douglas Dornan Fund, uh, specifically about the Lynn Canal Adventures, because I saw that that fund continued to support that program this year. Yeah, so a couple of things. The Douglas Dornan Fund was started by Paul Douglas here in town, and um, it is one of the oldest funds we have at the foundation, and that has been growing and giving grants out particularly for uh, for kids, um, to support kids, either through good activities or um, health and social services, uh, different areas that are needed. And um, they've given every year for probably, I think, 15 or 16 years now, and maybe even some before that, when it was a private foundation. Um, and Lynn Canal Adventures is a program that they have given to almost since its inception. Um, Lynn Canal Adventures began as a running camp and um, promoted uh, a cross-country running camp for kids in Juneau. And this year that's, that grew this past summer to include middle school and high school students and two programs of each and it's just really taking off um, and it's an amazing amazing uh, camp for for kids and it really focuses on overall well-being and running is a part of it um, a really integral part of it but a part of it mm-hmm. so they also Lynn Canal Adventures is also part of the um, developing program for uh, kids who are skiing and cross-country skiing as well so so keeping them fed and keeping them active then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> active and healthy, I think. is the, There we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. I also saw that that had provided funding to students and youth organizations around Southeast. Now, I was curious about that. You're not just, your operations are not just in Juneau then, huh? That's correct. We have uh, several funds. Some are specifically developed for other communities. Um, we have a Gustavus Community Fund that was developed by folks over in Gustavus, and it's to support activities in Gustavus. And then um, we have a couple of funds that are specific to Sitka, um, the Braveheart Volunteers, um, which is a nonprofit organization, has an agency endowment with us, or a stewardship fund. And then the Sitka Sound Science Center also has um, a couple of folks in Sitka have started two different funds for them. And then we have funds that are with us that give out grants um, throughout Southeast or Northern Southeast. And the Douglas Dornan Foundation Fund is one that does give out grants throughout Southeast. And then the Margaret Franz Brady Arts Scholarship Fund they give out art scholarships in northern southeast Alaska. And both the Douglas Dornan and the Margaret France Brady Scholarship Fund have um, our springtime applications with the June 1st being the deadline for the Douglas Dornan Fund. Very but good. all of that information is on our website at junocf.org. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that plug. We'll be right back. One second. 
We're back with the Juno Community Foundation's Amy Skillbread. She is their executive director. Amy, update us on the Juno Hope Endowment. Sure. The Juno Hope Endowment was started in 2015 with a generous uh, donation. And the Juno Hope Endowment gives out about a million dollars a year to social service organizations. And the second year, 2016, the second year that grants were given out, um, CBJ social service funds were added in so that we do one grant program for both the Juno Hope Endowment and CBJ social service funds. And this year, it's going to be about $2.2 to $2.3 million that are going to be given out in grants to social service organizations. That's a long way from um, the first million I think it started with, didn't it? it? Yeah, it started with a million from the Hope Endowment and then about 800 some thousand from CBJ. And then just this past June, CBJ increased the amount that they'll be giving by about 500000 And the Hope Endowment has always sort of bumped up every year how much is coming out of that. So it's, um, you know, we now have three-year grant cycles for many of the grants that we give out, especially those that involve hiring personnel um, from for nonprofit organizations, just because it's hard to hire somebody on a one-year grant and not know if they're going to have funding in the following years. And so this is the first of the three year. Um, so we're beginning anew with a larger pot of funds to give out. And so organizations that are interested should again go to our website at junocf.org. And um, under grants and scholarships, this is the first item there. And the deadline, first deadline that people should be aware of is January 6th. And that's when the letters of interest are due. And these funds cover a whole host of social issues, including homelessness, suicide prevention, hospice, substance abuse and mental health, and relief for victims of violence, as well as health, education, and income stability. So it's a pretty broad range of social service organizations that apply for funding each year. And um, I think it's really been instrumental in some of the things that we've developed in our community helped get the housing first um, facility built. And there's a navigator program that's now run from Bartlett regional hospital that provides assistance for people who are homeless. And there's a residential substance abuse um, facility at Gasno human services. And I mentioned those three because they all came about, because that's what the organizations, when I, you know, when brought together on homelessness and asked, what do you all think is the most important things for your clients to do? Um, certain things rise to the top that are not specific to any one organization, but it's where, where all the organizations say, this is what we need to help the people that we serve. Oh, another one is flexible funds that we provide um, through the HOPE and CBJ funds. It's about oh, $110,000, $120,000 a year that goes to help um, people with rent um, so that people can stay in their houses and supplement what um, people can get from the state, basically. So it's been a really great program in that we look at it as um, it is competitive, but there's way more emphasis on being cooperative because... 
the organizations, you know, we have this great nonprofits in town. And the organizations in town, they're the ones who know what's needed. And so bringing them to the forefront to say, here's, where, here's what the priority should be, really helps us to um, put the money where it's most needed. And, and, and you found that, that one of those priorities has been, has been hiring. And could you highlight yeah. what, what's the significance of swapping over from a one-year to a three-year cycle? Well, what nonprofits are finding in town is what almost everybody and most businesses are finding in town is the same across the United States, is it's really hard to find personnel and then to keep them. And so one of the things is if you only have one year of funding, it's very hard to attract someone who, with the qualifications you might need and say, oh, yeah, I've got one year of funding, but then I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's a lot better to have three years of funding and be able to offer a three-year position so that um, people can, you can attract more people to it um, than, than otherwise. We've also found, and the reason that there's more money this year um, from CBJ is when we went out to organizations uh, last spring and asked what's, what they most need, it was personnel and um the, fun, the gap that they had was how much they could pay people was one of the large ones um, as far as needing more money in order to attract and keep good personnel um, at all levels, everything, you know, everything that's needed. And so um, the assembly provided about 500000 additional dollars to go into the CBJ social service grants this year and... Um, they're looking at continuing that in future years. So that's really helpful. Oh, very good. And and it's, it's been a good partnership between you and the city? Oh, it's been great. Um, I think it makes it easier for the nonprofits because they only have one application to do rather than two different ones. And it also allows this pooled fund to address um, in a coherent way rather than, you know, one one fund funding certain things and half of it and another funding part of some things but not other things so it's much more coordinated oh, it's this all way. coming from and one we, pot i see exactly yeah yeah now before we close yeah. out here amy oh was there something oh i was gonna say and we use a professional advisory committee to help us with the decisions on on where to what what to fund what projects and that includes um, several representatives from several of the foundation and funders in Alaska, like the Rasmussen Foundation, Alaska Mental Health Authority, the um, Vista Foundation, um, the Block Foundation. And so those folks, along with several people whose careers have been in social services, help with the decisions because they have, again, more knowledge than not not my you know than I do on it let's say um, so yeah it's been it's been great very good now Amy we've got a little bit of time here I just wanted to touch on the individual artist awards since I saw those were recently uh, awarded that funding uh, could you just talk on that for a moment yeah we have a, um, an arts vibrancy endowment that has been um, grown and is growing. Their objective is to get it to $4 million in order to 
support artists and art organizations in Juneau. And as we're growing that endowment, which is a long-term fund to provide money every year, we're also providing awards every year. And so this year, um, $20,000 was just awarded to four people or four people for um, supporting local artists in new pieces that they're doing for being able to contribute to the growing and continuing art vibrancy or vibrant art community in our, um, in our town. And funds went to Rico Whirl for a sculpture piece that he's doing. Um, Albert Reinhardt, Christine Carpenter was doing the watercolors and Joshua Fontenberry um, musical uh, music and album. So, and this is an annual award, and we're looking at um, having the award open for applications in the, I think it's in August every year, and then award the funds in October, November. So, an annual award. And again, it's, you know, something where we're growing an endowment and um, then raising and providing funds every year as well. Well, Thank you. I just wanted to catch up on that before we close out here. Amy, uh, we'll be on the lookout for Giving Tuesday next week. Okay, that sounds great, and thanks very much. Thank you.